Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. A new nickname has entered the lexicon where we actually have a promo going on right now. We were able to confirm after we reviewed the tape that, yes, yesterday Jim Selania did indeed call me Babe as we were hanging up the phone and now it is starting to spread because Jeff asked me while I was doing the last hit with Charlotte sports today, Walker, it seems like you have another new nickname, a part of WFNZ and it's a term of endearment. It is babe. It's so weird because now lanky ass babe, big bird. There's so many, I mean, like I know everybody that, Hops on board here at WFNZ pretty much has a nickname. We got Flounder. We got Fitty, T-Bone, Mac, not even like everybody has one. I guess we still have Kyle Bailey who does not have. Does Kyle have a nickname? Fitty? Uh, I mean, you go. You, we got KB. KB I like, I like yeah. to call him Big Butt Bailey. Okay. Um, But outside huh. of that. Yeah, no, he doesn't really have one. I, I don't. It's not like I'm looking for it. It just seems to be happening where everybody is calling me something different. One, uh, you know, Big Bird, I think, is my favorite so far, but a lot of other ones are out there. Feel free to share your thoughts on what my nickname should be. 704-570-9610. Wes, did you ever have a nickname that you were ever given in the locker room, whatever, like Wake Forest, Playing Days, ACC Digital Network, anything like that? Uh, this has always been Big West or my man Andy Siegel used to call me Worldwide West, but for the most part, I always been. Big I like West. Worldwide West though. That's pretty good. I like that as well. Yeah, Worldwide West is an actual. Oh, Bigfoot Bailey too. Seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. I've heard Bigfoot Bailey before. What yeah. is, th- does that come from? Him actually having big feet. Where does that nickname come from? <laughs> he he went. He had a thing last year. Where he was going to a Bigfoot convention, and I think it was Lincolnton, North Carolina. And he was trying to convince his wife to go let him try to find Bigfoot because that's Bailey, awesome. Well, because well, Bailey thinks he can beat beat up Bigfoot. <laughs> Wait, like, like, like he has this arrogance that he could beat up Bigfoot. This is the second time I have heard Kyle or either him say it or you or somebody else say something about him getting into a fight. When I, I was walking past the glass here and then I heard Kyle talk about, you know, losing a man card. Somebody said yeah. it, right? He said, anytime somebody says man card revoked, he always says, why don't you come and take it from me? Which is scary. It's like, no, okay, good. <laughs> I, I don't want to come and take it from you. It's all good, KB. But now he's talking about beating up Bigfoot. Kyle Bailey is about that life. He wants all of the smoke, and that's why not only is it his producer, but it is also just a theme of his life where he is here for the smoke. Do you believe in Bigfoot? I'll tell you a fact that I don't know if my dad would love that I shared this on air, but maybe he does. My dad believes in Bigfoot. Me and my brothers, we make fun of him for it a decent amount. Does he believe in the Loch Ness Monster? (laughs) He does not believe in the Loch Ness Monster, but he believes in Bigfoot and him being out there. That's a true thing. Hmm. I mean, there are some cases for it. I would think you'd have seen him by now. 
I just don't know. But yeah, that's my dad has actually gone looking for him in Canada one time with like this. Wow. One, yeah, that that happened. That ha- I think it was like five years ago. And so apparently there are signs if they tie trees together where if you have these big monstrous trees and then they're somehow tied and they're tied by like, you know, certain twigs or stuff that can be a sign. People will hear noises. North Carolina is one of the leading sites. Am I wrong about that? Where people will say they saw Bigfoot somewhere. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know, but let's have like NC State's fan base would probably resemble Bigfoot and the things that <laughs> there he <it> embraces. <laughs> there you, yes, there it is. It, it's funny. My dad does not embody at all the NC State mantra or the Bigfoot mantra, but here he is. He He's more of the lanky ass mantra. I did get it from somebody and somebody is saying that that is what they need to start calling me more so than any other nickname. They don't like Big Bird as much lanky ass. I think Stanford P wrote that in. So I don't know if that's what I want my nickname to be, Um, but I can roll with it. That's fine. I'll roll with any one of the nicknames. You can't really choose it yourself. So feel free to text in the Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Well, we were going to talk about the ACC Big Ten Challenge, the college football playoff ranking reaction the current state of the hornets that was basically going to be the show with some panthers peppered in brian burns top 25 player under 25 we will still get to all of that but somebody loaded up the bus with something different once matt rule had something to say on a peter schrager podcast so now we're taking our headphones off we're pulling up to the scene (laughs) it's time to get off the bus we look good getting off the bus i got something to say Wes, Fitty, Matt Rule just couldn't leave the Carolina Panthers alone. He had to say something about his ex, and he did so on the Peter Schrager, the season with Peter Schrager, the podcast that he has. Here's Matt Rule talking about what he would do if he could go back in time and make the decision to come back and coach the Carolina Panthers. If you could do it all over again, what would be the one thing you would change looking back on it as obviously it didn't work out with Super Bowl victories or anything like that? I would take in another job. You know, I mean, I think it's a great place, Uh, you know, the wonderful people. But I just don't know if I was a fit there. You know, at the end of the day, we we, we talked about, hey, we're going to have a a four year plan, a five year plan. You know, if you tell me, hey, we got a two year plan, then then I'm going to go get signed a bunch of free agents and, and do it. So, you know, what was a four year plan became a two year and five game plan real quick. And interesting. It, it's not about, Hey, it's not, and I'm not angry about it. You know, no. at the end of the day, I understand, but if you're, if it's going to be that quick, then, then we're going to sign some more free agents. We're going to, we're going to go make the blockbuster trade. We're going to do those things. I think the trajectory that we were on was correct. It was to, it was to have a team that next year could maybe make a big trade um, that could, you know, and I think you see the signs of it right now. When they play well on offense, they win. You know, there's a good defense there. And I, I give Steve all the credit. I give the coaches all the credit. But I'm part of that building process. Peter Schrager, you stop it. Stop encouraging him. Oh, yeah, you wanted to build. Oh, no, I know you're not disparaging him. No, it's all cool. Stop giving him words of affirmation. I don't care if that's your love language. Stop it, Peter. Like, what Matt Rule is doing here is dumb. Leave Carolina alone. He could have started that with the whole, yeah, I wouldn't have came back. You know, I've got all the, I give all the credit to everybody within that coaching staff now. And he could have been done with it, right? What he said in maybe the first sentence or two was not really all that problematic, but he didn't stop. And then he wanted to say, well, if we would have signed more free agents, we would have made that blockbuster trade because it's just so easy to do. We would have built everything in two years if that was, oh yeah, because if that was explained to you right from the rip from David Tepper, it would have been all good. 
He sounds ridiculous. Like, do you want Carolina Panthers fans to wait four years before you really get this thing off the track? Like, look, you can talk about those college programs that he built at Temple at Baylor. Man, there was some progress made in year two before it really took off in year three. Are we going to act like you got better in the second half of your second season? Are we going to act like there was anything to look forward to at the beginning of year three? We had the question yesterday whether fans wanted to see Matt Rule succeed at Nebraska. Not if you keep talking like this. Just be realistic. Stupid. Dumb. Everything Matt Rule said, I can't really take seriously. Well, I mean, I look at it a couple of ways. For one, I mean... He's rich, man. He's always going to get opportunities. He's going to say what he wants to say. And I, and I told you when we were talking about this before the show started, I said, you know, no matter what happens in a breakup, somebody didn't want to break up. Always. And so no matter how nice they try to be, somebody's going to always have some type of little parting shot, whether it's big or small. So I'm not surprised by this at all. Um, but my thing with him is that the fault I find with what he said is that, dog, this is the NFL. <laughs> Like, you couldn't possibly think with what you see that happens on a year-to-year basis in this league, just look down to your own staff and look at Coach Wilkes that got fired after one season. So you had to know that, listen, no matter what this owner says to me, there's some value in being a cynic, okay? And some people say, oh, you're negative, you're pessimistic, because I'm a cynic a lot of times because my humor works that way and things of that nature. So there's no way that I would believe in owner that's going to tell me in the NFL that I'm going to get five years to build a program. That doesn't happen anymore. It hasn't happened for anybody. Unless you won a Super Bowl in year three, you're not getting five years. So, no, he should have known better than to believe that, and he should have made moves to win now to secure his job. Wes, I can't believe that Matt Rule is dumb enough to actually believe what he is trying to sell to everybody through that podcast. There's just no way. Matt Rule, by all intents and purposes, I think most people understood he was a good guy. I think that was always the caveat when we would criticize him being a head coach of this Carolina Panthers team. You would hear a couple of things here and there, but of course you're going to hear that about everybody. Somebody sticks around long enough, you'll hear some criticism about their character, something they did, whatever. But for the most part, I think most people understood he was a good guy. And this doesn't mean he's not. It just means that he is very, very much so sorely mistaken on how everything went about here in his tenure with Carolina. Four years. I mean, you talk about how that hasn't happened in a long time. How many times ever have NFL owners given a coach three years to suck, not come close to playoff contention, and then live to tell about it going into the fourth year? And here you are putting a back half of it on five? Making free eight? Oh, we would have just signed more free agents. You can still do that. (laughs) You can still do the smart signing thing. But see, that's what I'm saying. But were there the powers that be telling him not to do that? Was the GM and maybe some of the higher-ups telling him maybe he wanted some guys? And they were like, no, 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 no. This is going to be a slow build. Maybe. But it was in his contract that he had 51% control. Yeah. So the only person that could override that is David Tepper. And if that's the case, cool. But Scott Fitterer, maybe he allowed him to have that responsibility, but it wasn't contractual. 
we know, and it was reported, Joe Person, I believe, had it first, if I'm not mistaken, he had 51% control. And so that's why we'll get to somebody else wrote in and said it wasn't just on the Peter Schrager podcast. Somebody wrote in, it was also on the Rich Eisen show saying that he wasn't the GM, he didn't make the picks. Yeah, we're going to get to that as well. We got to address a couple <laughs> of other topics. Up. Just dumb, man. Like, you could have gone, you could have made all of your money in the world coaching at Nebraska. You did right. the car wash. Yeah. You got out of that unscathed. Yeah. It was all good. And Tepper, stop finessing, man. Don't bring coaches in here telling them you're going to give them five years. You know you not. But I don't know if he did that. I mean. If that's the case. I, Yeah. I don't know if he did that. We'll get to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It'll be Duke got some game. facing Ohio State. North <laughs> Carolina will be facing Indiana. We'll get to that as well. Let's talk a little bit about the Hornets before we move on. The Hornets, they just got beat down by the Boston Celtics. But they're still dealing with a lot of injuries. Here's Paul Biancardi on the Kyle Bailey Show talking about how the Hornets just can't seem to get everyone healthy at once. They've had some good wins, but the injuries, they just can't get it together with the injuries. They're not good enough to win with guys being out. You had Ball's been out for a while. I think he's coming back soon. And then you have now you have Haywood out. And, and guys at different times haven't played. And, and let's not forget, in the offseason, Bridges, you know, was a big part of this team. And then his situation happened. So uh, Steve Clifford hasn't had a full deck this year. Yeah, he absolutely has it. LaMelo Ball has played three games. He was knocking the rust off in the first two, and then he steps on a fan's foot on the court with about a minute and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter and is injured and hasn't returned since that second injury. Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, an illness, an ankle injury. Once they get a full deck, I do expect things to get better. I don't expect them to compete for a play-in spot, which is why still people think maybe it's time to trade Gordon Hayward. If you can get... 50 cents on the dollar in return 60 what can you salvage with any type of returning package same thing with terry rozier we can get to that later on as well just had to go off on matt rule for a second but the good news is we got all next segment to do so well baby like this is it i'm ready to do it it's the right. weston walker show sports radio 927 wfnz and roll in sports radio 92.7 wfnz you can text in to the garage door guru text line at 704-570-9610 we had some people already write in somebody wrote in that they were on an episode of finding bigfoot when it was airing in pennsylvania I don't know, 814 number wrote that, that they were on an episode taping of Finding Bigfoot, which is kind of crazy. That'd be kind of cool. I mean, I don't know, I guess for us, but... I'm 50-50 on Bigfoot. You guys didn't even ask me what I think about it. Well, I am, interject. I am interrupt part conspiracy me. theorist. This so. is sports radio, man. This is all, it's built on interrupting I, and debating. I 100% believe in aliens. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, 110. Uh, Bigfoot, I'm like 50-50. I'm probably... I'm probably 20, 25 percent. I've seen some pictures before that they, they look too, either it's an ugly, you know, white so guy ugly. that hadn't shaved in So a homeless NC State years. fan. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now We've had it. multiple NC State references talking about Bigfoot from you now. He's still you salty from Saturday. Man. Yeah, it's still, it's still rolling strong. All right, let's go around the room. The percentage you believe in Bigfoot. You're 50-50? I'm 50-50, Fitty, what are you on believing in Bigfoot? 
36%. That's a pretty good number. <laughs> I honestly feel that number. I, I think I'm going to go 25, but really none of us fully don't believe in Bigfoot. Like well, there's, no, there's a I, shot. I've seen some questionable pictures where I'm like, man, that's not a regular human being. Well, then there's some evidence that is pretty convincing. The Patterson film. I know that's what I'm saying. I know I'm going a little too far when I know the names of the film. I will take any of the clowning you want to dish my way for knowing the name. <laughs> Did and your dad make you watch these? Uh, maybe, that's probably yes. Come here, son. Sit down. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, son. Now, Bigfoot, I've seen some. Yeah. He's yeah, out there. Yeah. I I don't know if I was coerced in watching him, but like I was interested a little bit because the finding Bigfoot stuff like was on Animal Planet or Discovery, whatever yeah. it was, kind of interesting mm -hmm. because that you hear some weird sounds and they're not wolves, they're not bears. So what are they, Wes? I don't know. Loch Ness, I'm like, eh, not so much. So the, that was my question. If if we believe in one, do we have to believe in all? No. You don't I have don't to? I don't think so. No, you don't have to. You're talking about aliens and the Loch Ness Monster? Well, no, no. Aliens, I... Aliens I, are real, man. I'm really torn on that because I feel like with technology in today's society, we would have already discovered some UFOs. No. Um, I just feel but, like if, if you're willing to believe in Bigfoot, you might as well be willing to believe in the Loch Ness Monster... <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that but are But we've out had there. Area 51. They've said the government has had actual meetings. I bet it's stuff that if you really got into government files would make your hair curl. The, the aliens, space is so hard to pick up. And it's up. been too it's, many sightings. Too well, many. Well, even so, space is just too big for there not to be other signs That's of life. That's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. too, it's, it's infinite. It's space. It's infinite. Yes, there is <laughs> right. too much space. You can't just say the word and apply it. Like you Why gotta, can't I? You got to play but it he's going to get abducted. They hear him. Up in their things, they're gonna come and get them. I wish we had the X Files music that we could play. They're gonna come. That's get fine. Them. I've seen every Marvel movie ever made. I will kick those aliens' ass and come back to Earth. <laughs> but yeah, and Stanford P writes in that they don't exist as we think of them. They're probably not green. They don't have the big black eyes. They don't have the skinny arms. But there has to be some sort of sign of life. And Stanford P I, also wrote in. He says Bigfoot does exist. I just dated her in college. No, <laughs> no I, do, I do think that they exist in ways that we've seen them in films because I'm a big believer. Believe it at films and shows hide stuff in plain sight. I mean, yes, I I'm bet there are that. some things. Well, in UFO, you can do the whole U.S. conspiracy thing right. where it's actually our own government with UFOs <laughs> and they're testing them out, and, and that could yeah. be true. But the difference between the Loch Ness monster, man, there's actually confirmation on the probably the photo people think of most for the Loch Ness monster. That photo was fabricated. That there, that was one that was yeah. confirmed to be fake. And there's all sorts of stuff that's like big fish that could be mistaken. But, man, when you're talking about Bigfoot, I mean, it's not like there's any chimpanzees in America that you see. Oh, right. yeah, that's Bigfoot. Yeah. Like, there's nothing like that, man. Yeah. So it might be, <laughs> you, you said a big, hairy white guy might have been Yeah, mistaken. they hadn't shaved in like 20 years or something like If that. you're just 7'5". That's what here, I'm saying. Let missed out on a shot at the NBA, got depressed, and mm -hmm. then just... You know, just let it all go. Uh, this is why I love our listeners, by the way. 803 number wrote in a big, ugly white guy with a beard. Wes just described me. That's I love you, 803. I don't know who you are, but I do love you. Brian said the universe is too big for aliens to not exist. I totally agree. I do want to hear your conspiracy theories. I want you to yeah, share let's with go. us. Get that X-Files music. Up. Do you believe? <laughs> I would love the X-Files music. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Do you believe in aliens? Do you believe in the Loch Ness Monster? Garage Door Guru text line 704-570-9610. Do you believe in Matt Rule? 
figuring it out if he would have nice, been given a nice full job. third year because I sure as hell don't. And I thought it was understandable if David Tepper would have wanted to move on from Matt Rule at the end of last season, mm. just giving him the second year. Usually I'm a guy that likes to give a head coach three years. Usually that's the case. I think that's an understandable amount of time for you to figure out if this is going anywhere. I thought last year, given the second half struggles, again, given the fact that he had not had any quarterback, where he picked him, right? If Scott Fitterer was 50-50 along with Matt Rule, you had a part in picking those QBs to throw the football for your football team, and you couldn't win. And it was awful decision every single time. So I thought it would have been understandable to move on after last year. But instead, they go like five games and they move on after this year. I I think it was justified. Here's more from Matt Rule saying he deserves some of the credit for the little success that Carolina's had even this year. I also deserve some of the credit for some yeah, of those players. Being absolutely. There, uh, for some of the, the culture that's been built, the even mm. systems that were put in. So, yeah, when I look back, <laughs> what would I do differently? There's little things. I, made a, I might have not signed this guy. I might have traded for this guy. But there's no major one. You know, I think, as I said to you, like, you know, we made, we had some close attempts at some blockbuster trades. And if yeah. one of those trades would have gone through, we might be in a whole different spot. But everything happens for a reason. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. And you know what? I'm, I'm probably supposed to be here. I'm happy for Steve. I'm really excited for Scott Fitterer. I can't say enough uh, how much I think of him. But you know what, Peter? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I think if you ask me to get, do you a four-year plan, I think the four-year plan was close. I can't say it was yeah. perfect. Yeah. But it was close. And I'm, I'm hoping, and, and that four-year plan is without Christian. Had Christian stayed. Now, maybe next year, the right person, you know, the right addition, maybe that team could have won the NFC South and won it for a couple of years. I, why is Peter frustrating me as much as he is right now? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, man. Yeah. No, I totally believe it. No, no, yeah, yeah. You have that he wants them to out. keep on singing. Oh, no, yeah, four, four years, totally. No, five, sure. Jay-Z? <laughs> Jay-Z 7? Yeah. You would have figured it out by then. Rome wasn't built in a day. It, w- it wasn't. It was seven years, just like Jay-Z. Roman it- Paul. What did what was your sound when Matt Rule? What was your sound? That, uh, what was he that was about? Speaking with his chest right there when he said some of that stuff, man. He was, you know, he said, I think it's ridiculous that he's saying, I, I mean, I know he had input. So, yes, yeah, some of the players on the roster, but saying how they're playing now and stuff like that. No, he doesn't deserve credit for that that's like you making a dish that isn't good and then i go add something to it and you're like well i made it so i should get the credit for it no like you added i added that spice in there to make it taste better okay so that's what coach wilkes has come in and done i see what he's saying to an extent but of course like i said that i think that speaks to his character and you know He's upset about what happened, clearly, and he's not going to let people stand by and say things about him that he doesn't necessarily agree with. Yeah, the fact that you're trying to take ownership of the credit and the success that has happened after you left, that's kind of interesting to me. Now that Steve Wilkes has taken over, okay, we've seen some of this stuff, and it's obvious. That's the thing. Like, If you want to argue that Matt Rule... Having the 51% control personnel-wise, leading to Derek Brown being a draft pick, that is finally starting to pan out. Cool. J.C. Horn, you missed out on a QB maybe in Justin Fields, but J.C. Horn is still a good cornerback, even with our fun debating him at times. Fine. Drafting everybody that you have in the first round. Who's the other player that they drafted in the first round? It was Derek Brown. It was J.C. Horn. That's they worked out. J.C. Horn and, and then um, who am I missing? Tell Brian us who Burns. I, Brian Burns. But that was, and yeah, I think that's, 
Right, but that was Marty Herney selecting Brian Burns. I think that was before Matt Rule oh, got okay. here. Either way, there are a few first-round picks that you can say, okay, fine, like Jeremy Chin, okay, good pick, but you weren't winning with them. And Steve Wilkes, <laughs> I mean, after taking over a team that, yeah, he really didn't have any say in building, has done better than what Matt Rule has. Like, think about it. Ever since taking over against the Rams – where they were scared to let P.J. Walker throw the football, fine, but they figured it out against Tampa Bay. Matt Rule, I guess, beat the Saints, but in a bad NFC South division, the Saints are the worst right. in that bad division. And that's the win you got, and that wasn't even a team that you could score 20 points against. The most damning stat against Matt Rule is the 17-point stat that we all ran with once we heard it, because it was so jaw-dropping. Wait, you're telling me they've had one win when scoring 17? Goodness gracious, if the other team scores 17, you're done. Like that's the kind of standard you hold your defense to in order to get a victory. And then you want to take you want to take credit for this. I I just can't really understand why Matt Rule decided to say some of this stuff. I, I did see a text saying, hey, we just need to let the whole Matt Rule thing go. But like my question to that is why is Matt Rule not letting go of the Carolina Panthers thing right now? I mean, he got his contract with Nebraska, and then here you want to try you want to give us all the excuses as to why it didn't work out. Yeah, but I'll tell you why, and it was Icky. That was the other pick that he Icky, said. Icky, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the money, the fact that he's super rich from coaching, and he got another job in an eight-year deal. So he's got job security and money. So he's like, I'm going to say what I want to say. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. He said, I'm good now. Bleep, y'all. I can say whatever I want to say. There's nothing you can do about it. I got an eight-year deal at Nebraska. I'm paid. I'm going <laughs> to say what I want to say. That's. I mean, that's really that's yeah. what it is. When you get that security, like I said, that he's gotten – in the coaching profession, then, yeah, he's going to talk his talk after he's gone. Uh, you guys have come in with some really strong texts. My wife don't dress me said that Matt said give him credit for making Bigfoot relevant. Uh, Stanford P <laughs> said that really Matt Rule is responsible for the Loch Ness Monster as well. He deserves some credit wow. for that. Um, Big Cat Dan wrote in that Matt Rule is the only one responsible for bringing music to Charlotte, not even that, David yeah. Tepper. <laughs> You guys are and killing restaurants. It. Don't forget food. He oh, brought yeah. that here, and he's responsible for the show. Yeah, we thought it was Tepper. We yeah. thought, look, yeah, Matt Rule. You know what? <laughs> if it weren't for him, this show wouldn't even be here. Wes and Walker, man, no worldwide Wes, yeah. no lanky ass, yeah. none of that. Matt Rule is the one. He deserves some credit for it. Scott Fitter, maybe a little. Yeah, just a little bit. But but Matt Rule, yeah, Matt he's Rule. the one. I mean, this is a team. When you want to talk about, oh yeah, if if they would have given me four or five years, that. <laughs> That's the thing I think that bothers me most is when you act like you could have fixed it had you been given enough time and you would have done something differently if you really thought you were going to get that time no matter what. Were you really that naive that you thought I can come out here and lose all of these games the first two seasons mm -hmm. and I can still keep this job because I'm just that powerful? I don't care how big your contract was. That's not how it works. I mean – there's not any dead cap that goes against the payroll for Carolina when you're talking about the salary cap in general for building your team. David Tepper, he has to eat it, but that doesn't have any ramifications on the team personnel-wise, so he can let go of you. And Matt Rule wants to act like, well, well, he would have given me four years, then I would have figured it out. If not, what trade would you have made? Yeah. Do you think you think Matthew Stafford would have come over and said he wants to play for Carolina instead of the Rams organization? Or maybe he felt like he maybe would have gotten Watson. <laughs> well, 
Go ahead. Maybe he would have okayed the, the guaranteed money that, that Cleveland gave. To be fair, David Tepper is the one that decided he didn't want to go after Deshaun. That's what reports do, were saying. But do right. you think, though, that Tepper coming from the Steelers and the Steelers mentality that they give coaches a lot of time? Now, that's one organization that does give a lot of time. Do you think that maybe Tepper did and maybe kept telling him behind the scenes that you know, hey, you know, I'm going to let you keep working at this thing and just the fan pressure and the fact that the optics got so bad that he felt he didn't have any choice? Because do you think that he really wanted to keep him and see that five years through? No, I don't. I, I think it's a good thing to bring up because it was one of the bigger selling points about David Tepper when he came over because the only thing we had to go off of was his minority stake with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Mm-hmm. How did Pittsburgh operate? Is there a chance that David Tepper operated the same exact way well Pittsburgh had three was it three coaches in like a hundred years right. I know I'm I'm uh, high yeah, 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 but they that, don't, but right. you get a lot of leeway in Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin Bill Cowher that's about it within the last 30 years something crazy like that mm-hmm. no team has had the longevity for multiple coaches but those guys win Mike Tomlin won a Super Bowl right out of the gate it took a while for Bill Cowher but that was still a franchise that was performing very well under Bill Cowher until he won a Super Bowl pretty late in his tenure before eventually he handed off the baton to Mike Tomlin and Tomlin got to another Super Bowl too, right? Like he lost to the Packers, but he had all, he had appeared twice in the first five years of his tenure with Pittsburgh. Matt Rule was losing all the time. <laughs> so I, I, I actually give credit to David Tepper for allowing Ron Rivera to stay another year because if he would have moved on after that second half collapse, they start, what was it? Six and two. And then they only win one more game after that. And you don't have back-to-back winning seasons when we thought we were finally going to break that streak. He wants to keep Ron Rivera, and then eventually he decides to fire Ron Rivera. I I mean, I've been very critical of David Tepper and his ownership here in Carolina. But I think with the coaching stuff, as far as the decision-making goes, I I mean, yeah, he's got to find the right guy. Ultimately, it goes to the top. When it comes to responsibility, but letting go of Matt rule when he did, I'm cool with it. Letting go of Ron Rivera when he did and giving him another shot when he did. I'm cool with it. You know, Marty Herney giving him another year and then letting him go. Cool with it. Right? Like I I think when he's decided to let go of guys, I think those timelines have been okay. As far as I'm, uh, as far as I understand it, what do you think about the whole patience thing with David Tepper? Do you think that played a role here? Do you think he probably would have wanted Matt Rule to stay longer? Yeah, that's the thing I'm thinking because you always heard behind the scenes he kept saying that, you know, he wanted to see it through, that you kept hearing reports when everybody thought that Rule was going to get fired, that Tepper was saying that he was going to stick with him. And I know that they give those those fleeting votes of confidence all the time. I just wonder with his background, was he willing to do that? But the fan pressure, seeing the bleachers, or seeing the stands being empty <clears throat> and seeing, you know, just fan reaction and how bad it looked on the field, I think that played a part in it. Because me, I don't have a problem with it. If I was an owner, I would be a two-year guy. If I don't see progress in two years, let's get you out of here. Well, and yeah. that's but that's the thing, though, right? Like, you can, you can see a little progress maybe in year two. Yeah. A little bit. The, the roster's not bad, okay? If, if Matt Rule wants to take some credit over it, fine. If you have that control that I've talked about a lot and, and you've built together a decent enough roster to give me the take of saying this could be a quick enough rebuild if you have the right guys in place, 
that includes head coach, <laughs> that includes quarterback for sure. But cool, you've done a decent enough job building this roster, but you weren't doing anything with it. Steve Wilkes comes in and starts winning more games than you. I don't think that's a coincidence. Not and not at all. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, some of the texts are great. I do want people to text in 704-570-9610. And follow us on Twitter. Uh, Wes and Walker. That's the Twitter handle. Make sure you yeah, follow us. W-E-S-A-N-D Walker. <laughs> we put a video out there. Again, we put another reel talking about Brian Burns. Top 25 player under 25 we'll get to that later on in the show i do want you to text what matt rule is responsible for here in charlotte 201 number wrote in uh big steve wrote in hey we're just texting in to give matt rule credit for creating the game of football we appreciate you (laughs) matt rule for that somebody else said hey we appreciate matt rule for um bringing ping pong to charlotte as well wow he was responsible for that in the locker room at bank of america stadium so you guys can feel free to share your thoughts there let's go to a fitty flash before we move on coming up the first one of the day what's the first one fitty yes give me a little conspiracy music All right, guys, Uh, another interesting hire last night in the football world where UAB is finalizing a deal for former NFL Super Bowl winning quarterback Trent Dilfer, of course, was a longtime analyst on ESPN. This now makes two hires this cycle, but one in the NFL and now one in the college ranks where a former TV person has gotten a head coaching job with Little to no head coaching experience. I know it is UAB. We saw Carolina, though, do this with Mac Brown. Arizona State did this with Herm Edwards. We saw how that turned out. What do you guys think of this trend of football franchises or programs in the college ranks going to TV personalities or analysts to lead their programs? Well, I, I think some of those examples are even a little more justified because we've seen coaching success before from a Mac Brown with a championship from Herm Edwards making a playoff appearance with the Jets. But really, you can still go to a Mike Mayock who got a job as GM for the Raiders for just being on NFL Network. I mean, you've seen some of this now where Jeff Saturday, of course, is the latest example. Yeah, it goes back a couple of years ago. TV is absolutely a pathway to possibly get one of these jobs. Lewis Riddick is constantly mentioned in a possible uh, scenario where he could go get one of these GM or front office roles. So, yeah, TV is becoming a platform to possibly do that. Well, to speak more on Trent Dilfer, I love that hire. I don't know about UAB per se, but I love it a lot because he's actually been coaching high school football for the last few years. They actually have a reality show that's getting ready to debut on Bally Sports, and he's been over the Elite 11 program program for the longest. I don't know if that will result in him getting some of those kids from Elite 11 to come to UAB, but I think Trent Dilfer, you can see from what the Elite 11 program, what he teaches, the things that he instills in those kids while they're there. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a great head coach. I think he really cares about the kids a lot. We know he's got the playing experience, but yeah, he's been coaching high school football for the last few years, so not just an analyst, but uh, also, like I said, just he his Elite 11 work and how much he cares about the kids and the things that he teaches them while they're at Elite 11, and I'm sure that he imparts upon his high school team, too. I think he's going to be a really good hire. All right, we're up against a break. I did want to hand out 
ACC championship game tickets on the call-in line, which is still the same number, 704-570-9610. We're up against a break, so you can be the first caller. Dial in right now, 704-570-9610, if you want to win a pair of tickets to the ACC championship game this weekend between the Tar Heels and the Clemson Tigers. We'll be back to talk a little more about the collegiate game. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. to Jason for winning the ACC championship tickets. I Here's what I love. We've had a couple of heartwarming moments in like the last five, seven minutes or so during break. I heard you, Fiddy, on the line say, yeah, no, this is not a joke. You really won the tickets. I just love that somebody was so excited that it was so good. It couldn't have been true. But no, it is. You did win the tickets and we're not joking with you. Yeah, no, it was it was it was kind of funny, too, because I've never had that. Like as many times as we've given away stuff and I have to answer the phone. I've never had someone be that taken aback by the fact they won something. And I guess because he's an App State fan, he's not used to winning things on a big-time level. And there you had to just... Uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's really excited. But but congrats to Jason. I told him, go Heels, when he got when I got off the phone with him. So hopefully he'll be in the bank like me, dressed in that Carolina blue. Why are you just stomping on all of the good things we have to say in the middle of whatever Dude, you're saying? It's I, just it's deep within you. I, I told you leading into the basketball season... <laughs> That when things go south, my attitude gets changed. And you factor that in between the heels losing at home to Moo U at the same time we lost in basketball. It's going to take three weeks to get this out of my system. All right. Usually, I mean, it's still pretty heavy, the hatred you have for NC State and their fans. But we've gone three segments now. We've only <laughs> had three segments to start the show. I'm going nine for nine, baby. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, all right, we'll, we'll give you the platform. We'll see if you can keep the streak alive. <laughs> this is like Joe DiMaggio of hate right here. It's about to happen for the rest of the show. Um, and unfortunately, sorry if you didn't win those tickets. We're not going to. Oh, wait, but we are. We are going to give away two more tickets later on in the show. Not going to be telling you when. Because you have to keep listening for that. I'm not going to just tell you, hey, come back here. Now you got to keep listening if you want another shot to win some of these ACC championship tickets. We do have two more on deck. We'll give them to you um, at the end of one of these segments coming up that will be happening on the Wes and Walker show. I got to get to some of these texts, though, because I asked the people and they delivered, Wes, what Matt Rule is responsible for. All the positive oh, man, things. this is going to be good. Okay, so here we, here we have it. Uh, Mint Hill Dan wrote in that Matt Rule created the universe. So, as sure. we were talking about space conspiracy theories, that was from Mint Hill Dan. Mm -hmm. Vin Greasy, I like that nickname, he said, can we thank Rule for the Turf? Not at something positive, but we can thank <laughs> uh, Matt Rule for the Turf at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, I like that. Panther Bow wrote in, Rule can get credit for 485 loop being completed. Mm, yes, thank you, that's Matt a Rule. Good one. Yes. Very big, and we appreciate that. 239 number wrote in, hey, thank you, Matt Rule, for drafting LaMelo Ball. It was all you. Not only did you have he 50, made the call, man. Fifty-one percent control over Scott Fitter and <laughs> Mitch Kupchak. Thank you, Matt Rule, for drafting Lamelo Ball. You can continue to text in the Garage Door Guru text line seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Also, one other thing before we just have a brief segment with Campus Corner. Somebody did tweet at me at Walker Mail. Wait, 
someone else I can tweet about aquariums with? Saltwater or fresh? I'm telling you, aquarium life is real. And I don't know why Fiddy tries to hate on that as much as he does. But every time we bring it up, there's somebody in my mentions or on the text line that says, wait, freshwater, saltwater. What do you have? What kind of tank is it? Like a lot of interest. I just want to throw that out there. I'm not as big (laughs) of a nerd as I sound like sometimes. All right, let's visit the campus corner. Reaction to the college football playoff rankings. We saw Georgia come in at number one. Michigan comes in at number two. TCU three. USC cracks the top four in that final spot. Ohio State number five. Alabama number six. Wes, your overall reaction to the rankings? Uh, They were what I thought they were going to be. Um, I wasn't surprised by them at all. I like where it's going. I feel like we could be headed for a weekend of chaos. Uh, which I would definitely like as well. But then I'm kind of bittersweet about it because I don't want to see Alabama, even though I respect the Tide fully, I don't want to see Alabama get in with two losses. I don't want to see any team in the playoff with two losses. So hopefully we don't have too much chaos involved this weekend. Um, But, yeah, the rankings are about what I thought they should be. I have no qualms. You have not been a big believer in TCU being a real championship contender. Uh Michigan just beat Ohio State, Mm -hmm. but you did also put in the rundown if Michigan is a real college football playoff Mm -hmm. contender, could they win the championship? Did their win against Ohio State prove to you that they could win the championship, or are you still skeptical on that? No, I mean, they did the same thing last year, and they got smushed when they got in the playoffs by Georgia. That's That's my problem. I feel like they could be better, but J.J. McCarthy is going to have to deliver the type of performance he had against Ohio State again and again. If they want to win the championship, and I texted one of my friends during the game, I said, if if McCarthy plays like this, this is different because that's Michigan's Achilles heel. When they get to the playoffs and they play a Georgia, Georgia shuts down um, uh, or a big-time team, especially from the South. Well, let's just talk about it was Georgia last year. They shut down that run, kept them behind the chains. The quarterback couldn't make enough plays. They couldn't do enough in the passing game. And then their defense, I don't know where that went. Michigan's defense is always ranked near the top of college football in every category you want. And then Georgia just eviscerated them, which is not what I expected. So I'm still going to give them, you know, some hope that second time around, maybe the lights on is bright for them because last year, like I said, they got smashed, and I'm not interested in seeing that again. Um, I would be remiss if we missed out on Stephen A. Smith sound. Here Stephen A. Smith is talking about TCU and USC. If they lose, Alabama should be in. If USC or TCU loses, who gets in? As far as I'm concerned, I want to sit up here right now. You know where I'm going. Alabama, okay, should get in. LSU getting trounced by Texas A&M, having three losses, beating Alabama by one point. I want to hear all that. You got three losses, okay? That's number one, all right? When I think about Ohio State, let me say this about Ohio State Buckeyes. I understand it was one loss. I get all that. Had C.J. Stroud competing with Caleb Williams, you know, for Heisman, and he out of the mix. Ohio State didn't lose this past week, and they got their ass kicked. You don't get to go in the playoffs <laughs> when you get beat down like that. That's not how this works. That was some extremely good form from Stephen A. Smith. I do want to send it to the text line. Who says Alabama better, Stephen A. Smith or Forrest Gump? I will go to you, Wes, real quickly. Who? Uh, what do you think about Stephen A. Smith's comments? There? I agree with them 100%. Alabama, while you might not like them, I was having this conversation last night. I said, their losses, nobody beats Alabama. I said, when's the last time you've seen Alabama get smashed? 
I think it's what Ezekiel Elliott and the crew when they did it in the playoffs that one year. Like Alabama, just you don't just beat Alabama. You got to scratch, claw, fight, bite, whatever you can do until the final second ticks off that clock. The two losses they have had this season have been just that, where they were inches away from winning both of those games. So, yeah, I would much rather see Alabama. I know their pedigree. I know if they get into the playoffs, it's going to be a great game no matter who they play. Whereas Ohio State, their finesse football team, we've seen that with what Michigan did. I think Georgia would probably uh, give them the business. USC would be a good matchup for them if USC won and they were to get in over a TCU. But, yeah, I agree with Stephen A. Smith 100%. We can have some more thoughts on that later on in the week. But we've been talking about Bigfoot. Let's go speak to a man that if he was eight feet tall, <laughs> could still have the same facial hair and hair he's wearing right now and look like Bigfoot. Doug Branson of the Lockdown Hornets podcast going to be joining us next. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.